Hey y'all, Darius Rucker here. You know, a lot of people ask me, what inspires your music? And one of the big things is a strong sense of place. That's why I love my home state of South Carolina and want to share the awesome things it has to offer. From the beautiful mountains down to the sunny coast, it's got it all. Not to mention two of my personal favorites, great golf and amazing food. Come see why I love this place. Visit discoversouthcarolina.com. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. I'm excited to announce a new season of my podcast, Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. Our guests this season show us big risk can yield big rewards, like Rob Riley, the creative head of one of the world's leading advertising firms. I try to create environments where anybody can say anything without any judgment. Listen to a brand new season of Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast or wherever you get your podcast. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey fam, I'm Jada Pinkett Smith, and this is the Red Table Talk Podcast. All your favorite episodes from the Facebook Watch Show in audio. Produced by Westbrook Audio and iHeartRadio. Please don't forget to rate and review on Apple Podcasts. Paris Jackson. Oh, it's coming to the Red Cow right and it's your red cow. Oh, I'm so excited. You're gonna have to give me some one-on-one classes. This is how. No, you got it. You talk to the camera. But you got this, it'll be good. She's here. Oh, she's coming down? She's coming down. Okay. Bandit, are you gonna come and greet Paris with us? Hey! What's up, dude? (laughs) Thank you so much. It's good to see you. It's been so long. I know. Thank you. So do you. It's so good to see you. I love your shoes. I haven't seen you in like 10 years. 10 years, yeah. Yeah. Because I was like 13. Yeah. I was like 13. So it's been a long time. Wasn't that on the Hawthorne set? That was on the Hawthorne set. Yeah, her grandmother brought her through. Yeah, Bandit was like, I want to meet Paris. That's 10 years. 10 years. Whoa. Shall we go inside? Let's do it. All right. You guys have a good one. It's good to see you. Nice to see you. Come on, man. Come with me. Come on. I met Paris Jackson when I was 10 years old. Her grandmother, Catherine, brought Paris and her brothers Prince and Blanket to meet Jaden and me on the set of my mom's TV show, Hawthorne. In the decade that followed, Paris and I built a strong bond. Growing up with parents in the spotlight, we have a lot in common. The only girl in a family of boys, a passion for music, careers in modeling, shared spirituality, struggles with body image, mental health, sexuality. 
Since losing her legendary father, the king of pop, Michael Jackson, when she was just 11 years old, Paris has been to hell and back. Now she's joining me for my very first conversation on the red couch. This is my first time doing this one-on-one. -on -one. Sweet, yeah, when you were like, yeah, it's casual. Yeah, it was like <laughs> casual, but vibey. But vibe, always vibey though. <laughs> I don't know how to do this. You gotta, you gotta walk me through this. You gotta walk me through this. I got you, I got you. I, you're right here, I got you. I've always just described you as being such a beautiful soul. Ditto. And even since the first time that we met, since that moment, I just felt such a purity mm -hmm. and a beauty within you and just seeing how you have really blossomed. Well, that means a lot to me, first of all. I feel the same way about you. Um, even when we don't talk for a little while, even if it's just through texting or whatever, mm. it's always nice to know that like you and I are always on the same vibe. There were a lot of dark times that we can get into. I'm an open book, like, whatever, whatever you yeah. want to ask me. How has your social anxiety been after this pandemic? Because I know for me, my nervous system has been on an all-time clause out. It's always been pretty gnarly, my social anxiety. I don't know if you get this too. I experience audio hallucinations sometimes of camera clicks and severe paranoia and have been going to therapy for a lot of things, but that included, and I've like started EMDR. Like you hear I, I, I'll hear like a trash bag rustling and I like flinch and panic. Is that from the paparazzi? Yeah, wow. I think it's just like, it's just standard PTSD. Since the day she was born, Paris has been hunted by paparazzi. As a little girl, she remembers being stepped on as they chased down her father. Not long ago, Paris was harassed and traumatized while simply walking through the airport. So you think somebody murdered your father? Okay, can you back up everybody? Paris, what are your thoughts about murder of your dad? Come on, give him a break. That's abusive oh, to be 100%. like. 100%. I have like nightmares, but it's primarily like if I'm out in public during the day, yeah. I don't really go out during the day. I do catch it affecting my personal relationships, especially romantic relationships. PTSD can affect pretty much every aspect of your life. I've just like started the healing process. I don't know if you know what EMDR yes. is. I love EMDR, it's very intense. And it puts you in a very fragile and vulnerable state, but um, it is a very effective kind of therapy. I definitely feel like in a lot of my personal relationships, like mostly friendships, that I'm very paranoid about like information. Right. Like oh, 100%. if I'm telling everyone them that walks into my house signs an NDA. Yo, like, like it's, it's gnarly. It's gnarly. Like even being like, oh, like delete that text because I don't want people to like, oh yeah. It does a lot to your nervous system because you're constantly in fight or flight. Exactly. Fight, flight, freeze, collapse. You're constantly like walking on eggshells, constantly yeah. looking over your shoulder. Like you have to sit up straight and act right because if you don't, it, it not only reflects on your reputation, your family's Family. reputation. Exactly. Like it's very like, be careful, sit, smile, like do the right thing. 100%. You know, be presentable. It does some serious shock. Yeah. You know, I feel like there's gotta be some kind of permanent damage, which is why I love camping so much, because yes. we're in the middle of nowhere. nowhere. We need to do it again. <laughs> yes. I think they, they opened up that spot that we went to. We have to go back. We That's have my to go favorite back. Spot. 100%. My favorite spot. Do you feel like there's anyone in your life right now that you can trust completely? I have a couple people, which is priceless, and I hold on to that, and I don't take it for granted. Suicide rates have been higher than they have ever been since 1999, and mm -hmm. I know that we both have been there. I was talking to my friend about this uh, 
the other night. A lot of people do feel regret mm -hmm. when they try and attempt suicide, um, like a last minute regret. There have been times where I did and times when I didn't, where I was upset that it didn't work. Yeah. But I can say like several years later that like I'm really grateful that it didn't. Things have gotten better. Yeah. What, what do you think started that for you? Like that emotional spiral for you? Um, like what caused me to get to that dark place? Totally. I think it was everything, man. Yeah. I think a lot of it was just not knowing who I was, uh, being a young girl going through puberty and probably a lot of just my situation and a lot of pressure. It was really hard and like, totally. people would tell me to kill myself every day. And I was depressed. For years, Paris has been the target of vicious cyberbullying. I'm just really, really tired. At one point, it got so bad, she posted this heartbreaking video. I've tried sticking up for myself. I've tried the whole blocking the haters thing, not reading the comments. And I don't get why I'm such an easy target. When I was 14, I got so much hatred that um, I tried to kill myself. I'm just tired of it. I'm just really, really tired. Mm. How did you start to bring yourself back to a better mental space? Initially, I think it was, uh, it's kind of morbid, the radical acceptance that it just wasn't meant to be. Just like, okay, I've tried and tried and tried and it's really not working. Maybe it's just not my time mm -hmm. and that sucks. And for a while it was like, I'll just wait it out kind of yeah, thing, which is so dark. But um, totally. I've heard these gnarly stories of people that have like tried to hung themselves and they ended up paralyzed, but they still lived. And knowing my luck as like, as many times as, as I tried, like I'd probably end up in that kind of a situation. So it was just a radical acceptance of when it's my time, it'll be my time and I'll wait it out till then. And during that waiting time, I've just found more and more joys in life and more ways to wow. cope and more ways to like, really live instead of just exist. Well, I've told a few friends about this experience that I had last autumn. It was the night of the harvest moon, dude. And I experienced self-love for the first time in my entire life. That night I was having a really rough night because some old memories came up. I was like, okay, like I'm gonna like sit and be with myself and like do a little prayer. And then I just like felt the need to get up and go into the mirror and start doing these affirmations. Mm -hmm. And once I finished, I like saw myself which was wild and recognized myself for the first time in like 10 years. And I was wow. like, oh, what's up? What's, hey, old friend. Like oh. it was this really corny moment between me and myself, like in the mirror. What and it was just like, like, I don't have words to describe it. It's so intense. It's just a lot of gratitude. It took a really long time to get to that point. So now you're able to see how beautiful you are. Sometimes, yeah. Sometimes. It's, it's nice. 100%. But um, affirmations helped a lot. I always try and recommend them to friends, even though it's super uncomfortable and awkward at first. I don't know why it's so awkward and and embarrassing to be by yourself in the mirror and be like you're worthy it's you're not, good enough. it's, it's like, the best it feels uncomfortable at first when you first start getting into the hang of it it just makes me so happy to to feel like you see that i appreciate that thank yeah. you there are so many people who have suffered from losing loved ones specifically during the covid pandemic how did you find the strength to keep going after losing your dad I don't know. It kind of just happened. I was so young that it wasn't like a conscious of I'm going to keep going and like, yeah. you know, yeah. I was just going through the motions and like didn't really understand what was happening. And so I just went with what I was told to do. And OK, I'm living here now and OK, I'm going to school now and I'm not homeschooled anymore. And I'll just 
do what I'm told. Yeah. Because I didn't really have much guidance. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because God, I can't stay where I am, like I am, where it is. This isn't going to work. I, I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, if, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Delve into the visceral world of hip-hop with the Gangster Chronicles, a podcast that aims to unravel the intricate tapestry of one of music's most influential and misunderstood subgenres, gangster rap. Hosted by MC8 and Big Steels every Thursday, each episode provides an in-depth exploration into the formative artists, monumental albums, and socio-political factors that have shaped gangster rap from its emergence in the 80s to its enduring impact today. Gangster Chronicles unpacks the evolution of this uniquely American art form. We dive into the socio-cultural aspects that gangster rap boldly addressed, from police brutality to systemic racism, offering listeners a comprehensive understanding of the profound cultural significance this genre holds. Listen to the Gangster Chronicles on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Let's go. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex and then he's very vulnerable so you can kill him easily to die for is available now listen for free on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts danielle moody here host of the woke af daily podcast we've been with iheart's outspoken network for a year and what a year it has been Every weekday, I navigate our rapidly changing world alongside our series of fabulous expert guests. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Woke not just to the latest headlines, but also to the collective power we all have. Woke to the need to build community with those around us. Woke to how to avoid burnout and woke to the ways we can all find joy in the madness. 
Make Woke AF Daily with Danielle Moody your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. And tune in to hear the ways I am working to stay grounded amidst it all. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. After her dad died, Paris and her brothers moved in with her grandmother, Catherine. The Jackson family matriarch was named permanent guardian. The children went from homeschooling and traveling the world with their father to attending traditional school and living under Catherine's strict Jehovah's Witness beliefs. Whoa. Are you still close to your dad's side of the family? I'm still very close with my brothers, and I see my family during family reunions, and I tell them all the time, if you want to call me, call me. Yeah. I got love and respect for all of you guys. Totally. And try and see my cousins. I just saw my cousins for Thanksgiving and, and Christmas, even though we don't call it that, because a lot of them yeah. I was witness, we're just like, family reunion exactly. during the holidays yeah. kind of thing. So your mom came into your life at age 15. Mm-hmm. In 1996, Michael Jackson married Debbie Rowe, an assistant at a dermatology office. They had two children, Prince and Paris. When they divorced, Debbie gave up custody and the kids lived with their father full time. Paris grew up without her mother. Meeting your mom, how has that journey been for you? It's cool. I mean, like getting to know her, seeing how similar we are getting into what kind of music she likes and she really likes country and folk i sent her oh. some of the stuff that i'm working oh on i have God. like banjos in them you guys that's us so that was us, uh like a few months ago my god um, for her birthday that is so sweet we look a lot alike all you after do. this I'll, I'll send you a picture that she sent me when she was my age in the 70s yeah we look exactly alike it's just cool having her as a friend it's very chill chill yeah which i which i love that's the perfect word to describe it how did you get your name, Paris? So I've been told that Kathy Hilton and, and my dad were really close growing up. They were like best friends, and I think they made some kind of a pact that they were going to name their first daughter Paris. I think that's how me and, and uh, Pete, we call her P1, I'm P2. Paris mm-hmm. Hilton got her name as well. Then there's also like another story of just like my dad really, really loved that city yeah. so much. When I got to truly explore Paris, I felt really connected to him. I was like, okay, like, I get it. Because I just didn't understand my name for a long time. And yeah. then I went there and I'm like, I get it. This is awesome. That's so beautiful. I want to ask you, I know it took a lot of courage to like step out and do this debut album. I don't know what gave me the courage to do it. It's just like, I just couldn't uh, suppress it anymore. Yes. Yeah. What do you think was the starting point of you feeling like, okay, like I really feel like I want to make this project. I really want to put my all into this. Heartbreak yeah. was the main thing. And it was the deepest heartbreak I'd ever experienced, but yeah. also one of the most powerful rebirths that I've ever had. And finding my voice and finding my sound and embracing being a musician. I was scared to do that for a long time. 100%. A long time. You know it's been like oh. a hobby of mine for a long time. Yeah. And finally I'm just like, no, nah, like this is who I am. I'm a musician. What about that heartbreak put you on that specific path? Because I know that specifically for me and so many people, experiencing heartbreak can either close you off mm-hmm. and you could be like, oh no, I'm just going to be in my cocoon. It did do that. It was the deepest I've ever like loved someone. It was the most intense that I've felt so far and um, the most intense betrayal that i had felt so far mm-hmm. and experienced. And it's definitely closed me off to that. Like I'm very careful with who I spend time with now and I'm very guarded and just trying to protect myself. But 
music has always been there for me. You had said that music saved your life. Oh, for sure. It makes me feel less alone and it makes me feel heard. There were some dark, dark times where uh, I did feel like music was all I had. I just feel like you've done such a beautiful and graceful job of doing your own thing because kids like us do. We feel like we have to live up to this certain standard. I feel like it's still probably there somewhere in the back of my head, but the louder thing that competes is that I feel like my dad would be proud. I hear that there's a song yes. that you have written. Yes. Freckles I, I wrote last week. It's actually one of my only happy songs. I heard you brought your guitar. Such a beautiful guitar. Thank you. She's my travel friend. I'm nervous. Yeah, a little bit. Well, I love you. Don't be nervous. Can I do anything? No, you're good. <laughs> one, two, one, two, three, four. Dawn and dusk look the same. Peculiar and quite obscene. I'll take both of our names and stitch. The sun and moon can't meet. Maybe one day they'll fall in love. And he will sweep her off her feet. And we'll replicate the book above. An adventitious love affair. pair unconventionally perfect you are the lead I'll carve your skin with flyspeck art and match your freckles to the stars unconventionally perfect you are to me that was beautiful thank you I thought it was adorable an adventitious love affair yeah not really something to predict. That was beautiful. Thank you. I love those lyrics. Thank you. Match your freckles to the stars. Like, come on now. Come on now, lyrics. <laughs> Thank you. And it kind of sounds like you're talking about a lady. It's got a few inspirations. Off of that note, we both like girls and boys. Mm -hmm. And I just want to ask, how was that journey for you? alongside being in the limelight and being famous and having all of these people looking at you and figuring out your sexuality, like yeah. figuring out what you were attracted to, what kind of relationship you wanted to have. I mean, I'm still kind of figuring it out. Um, my family is very religious and a, a lot of like homosexuality is just very taboo, so they don't like to talk about it. It's not really accepted, but totally. um, I've gotten to a point where I respect them and I have love for them. I respect their beliefs, I respect their religion. Do you think that that kind of affected you in your growing stages, that feeling that maybe that wouldn't be accepted? Yeah, but I, right now I'm at a point where it's like to expect them to put aside their culture and their religion. Like expectations to me lead to resentments totally. and like what people think about me isn't my business. 100%. You know? Yeah, but there were moments where it was really hard and yeah. like, 
you feel alone, you feel kind of excluded. Were there people in your family who supported you? My brothers. Yeah, they didn't understand it at first. My older brother, who's about 14 months old, you met Prince. Yeah, we both have two older brothers, which is crazy. Mm -hmm. Blanket is younger than you. He's younger. I have two older brothers and then uh, BG. He goes by BG now. He's uh, four years younger. But they, they've always been super supportive. Prince joined a GSA club in high school. Oh, that's to like awesome. learn about it because he wanted to support me. Like, not a lot of people can say they have siblings that support them like that. Yeah, 100%. I find that growing up with my brothers and, and spending so much time with them and being the only girl, I got to see the differences in how society and even my parents would treat us. They would get certain freedoms or, or certain things or whatever. It just wasn't fair. Yeah, it just wasn't fair. Did you feel any of that? Totally. I mean, yeah, my brothers got to go have sleepovers whenever they wanted, and they can go yeah. do whatever. They can go to parties and stuff. Totally. Way more strict for me. And But also at the same time, like, I was daddy's little girl. Totally. I was the only girl. Yeah. Uh, so I was definitely excluded at some points because I wasn't cool enough to kick it with the boys. And then got some special treatment for being a girl. So it's like, you win some, you lose some. It's true. What was it like for you discovering your sexuality and moving through that? It was very weird for me because people were telling me online Uh before I even knew like what that was, that, that I was a lesbian, that I dressed like a lesbian, that I talked like a lesbian and all of these different things. And so just kind of seeing that at a very young age was like, is this a bad thing? Like, I, I kind of didn't know how to react to it. Yeah. Because I was like, is there something wrong with me? Like, why, why is everyone saying this? Right. <laughs> I thought for a really long time that the only way to express my sexuality as being a female that liked other females was to be, like, super um, masculine. I had yeah. the short hair and I had all the things. I just didn't know any better. I was just, like, learning as I was going along and was very sheltered from all of that at a young age. So I went all in immediately, and now I'm just... I can do whatever and do whatever feels good and dress however and act however. And it doesn't change how I feel on the inside. It's just as long as I'm me, I can be feminine, I can be more tomboy, I can do whatever as long as it feels like me. Yeah, as long as it's authentic. Yeah. Yeah. I know for myself, I don't really see myself getting married or having children or doing that traditional thing. But how do you feel about that? Well, to quote Journey... (laughs) Loving a music man ain't always what it's supposed to be. I don't know, man. I'm, right now, I'm married to music. Yeah. And I, I have been. Whatever happens, Whatever happens, happens. I'm like, I'm not against marriage. If I'm happy and I love someone, sure. But right now, my main thing is my spirituality, my music, yes. and like doing what is right for me right now. I'm too young to think about that. About kids? Yeah. No kids? Maybe. Yeah. I can tell you how many kids you're going to have if you give me your palm. Are you right handed? Yes, I'm right-handed. Close. Two. That's what it says? Maybe four. No. (laughs) Definitely at least two. Oh, God. You don't want kids? No. Why not? I don't want... Ah, man, I think global warming needs to get figured out first. Fair enough. (laughs) Fair enough. Yeah, I think we need to figure that out. We could build an army. We could. We could build an army of, like, woke-ass kids. To be the free thinkers and warriors of the next world. (laughs) I'd be down for that. (laughs) Yeah. The Red Table producers thought this would be fun. Mm -hmm. A little trip down memory lane. Okay. Uh, They pulled a few photos of each of us from various stages in our lives. Oh, no. Let's go through them. Oh, man. Okay. Wow. (laughs) Look at that. This was the Mohawk days. 
I think I had some cuts on my wrist during that time, actually. I did the same thing to cover it up and be like, oh, it's yeah, fashion. It's a, yeah, it's fashion. Yeah, like, and like, um, I'm not bleeding into my wristband. I did the same thing. That was tough times. Oh, these are bad. Yes, let's, let's, let's so wait, wait, no, 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 no. So I love your hair. It's a, it's a fried one. I love your hair. It's so bad. I feel like the amount of dye and perms it was between so both of us. It was so bad. It was so <sighs> bad. It took so long to grow my hair up and like keep it healthy. Exactly. Oh, exactly. Let's just move on from that. And yes. this one, we're moving on. Oh, let's look at this let's stage? Look at you. No, this stage was too much. I was like 11. My How mom? are you so cool when you were 11? No, when but I was 11, I looked like a nerd, dude. It was, <laughs> I had like a Harry Potter cloak that I wore to the airports. Like, I was so weird at 11. No, my mom did not want me wearing these shirts because you remember when Odd Future was like new and upcoming and they had 666 and the upside down crosses and everything on their stuff. So she was like, you can't wear this. And I was like, yes, I can, mom. Nice. Good old rebellion. Yes. This is only a few years ago. What was your emotional state in this time? I was not very happy yeah. when this was taken. Totally. As you can see, yeah. I was going through it and finding the, just not the best coping skills. And, yeah. and this was when I was very disconnected from my spirituality and my music. I feel like we connected during this time. We did. Yeah, we did connect during this time. I feel like we've come into each other's lives at such formative times. I love this look. Uh, this whole outfit was not the vibe. No? I didn't feel very cute, and I, and I just wanted to do something different. That's why I got this, this weave, and I was like, I don't think it worked out great. I like it a lot, though. Thank you. Oh, my God. Look, you just... Oh, my goodness. I just... Like, goddess much? Goddess That dress much? was so goddess? heavy. That dress was, like, 50 pounds. I feel like you were doing it good here. Very, it was very fried. Yeah, I was chilling then. I was, I was chilling. That was like yeah. right after I adopted my dog and, oh. and rescued her. How many dogs do you have now? I have one, and then I rescued a cat last year. Oh. I changed his name from Fredo to Frodo. He's an old mangy thing, and I love him so oh much. They God. both cuddle with me at night. They get along great. We need to get our animals together. Yeah. Because I have three cats and one dog. I don't know how Frodo does with other cats, but Koa's chill with, with other oh. dogs. This is this giving is femme vibes. This is gorgeous. I love this. I love, Thank love you. the dogs, always. I was in a good place emotionally here, but mm. I was nervous out of my mind. Why? Because I had never been half naked on a spinning table before in front of... That would be pretty nervous. It was, I was like, yo, what am I doing? This is crazy. You look amazing here. That was probably, I want to say, three years ago. So yeah. I probably wasn't in the best state. Totally. But I had been doing the modeling thing for a while, so I was just like, I think I was just going through the motions here. Yes! This is with, with David LaChapelle. That was a really cool shoot. My goodness. You look like a Pleiadian. Like, you look like a light told, being. I've been told that I am Pleiadian. Yeah. Which I think is a total compliment. You strike me as an Atlantean. Really? Mm -hmm. I've been told that Or before. like a woodsy fairy. Totally. Or a combo of both. Yes. I definitely feel like an Atlantean and woodsy fairy. The RTT fam wanted to get in on our combo. Mm -hmm. We've got a few viewers standing by with questions. All right, run it. First up, we have Sonia from California. What's going on, Sonia? Hi. So I lost my dad when I was three years old. And the only memory I have of him is being at his funeral, which is really odd. And I have my mom who I lost at 12. And I feel like all my memories I had with her were just dreams. They didn't even feel real when I talked to people about her. So I want to know for you, what was 
something you did or that you do to keep your memories alive with your father? Um, I take the positive things that I learned from him, the good morals that I learned, and try and use them every day. Humility, compassion, tolerance, uh, just being kind to other people, even if there's someone that did you wrong, to pray for them and, and be kind to them, to be kind to yourself. That's just a very standard way that I keep that memory alive and do what I can to make him proud. Well, thank you for sharing that. Thank you so much. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because God, I can't stay where I am like I am where it is. This isn't going to work. I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, if, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Delve into the visceral world of hip-hop with the Gangster Chronicles, a podcast that aims to unravel the intricate tapestry of one of music's most influential and misunderstood subgenres, gangster rap. Hosted by MC8 and Big Steels every Thursday, each episode provides an in-depth exploration into the formative artists, monumental albums, and socio-political factors that have shaped gangster rap from its emergence in the 80s to its enduring impact today. Gangster Chronicles unpacks the evolution of this uniquely American art form. We dive into the socio-cultural aspects that gangster rap boldly addressed, from police brutality to systemic racism, offering listeners a comprehensive understanding of the profound cultural significance this genre holds. Listen to the Gangster Chronicles on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Let's go. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart's Outspoken Network for a year, and what a year it has been. Every weekday, I navigate our rapidly changing world alongside our series of fabulous expert guests. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Woke not just to the latest headlines, but also to the collective power we all have. Woke to the need to build community with those around us. Woke to how to avoid burnout and woke to the ways we can all find joy in the madness. Make Woke AF Daily with Danielle Moody your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. And tune in to hear the ways I am working to stay grounded amidst it all. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, so, hey, we have Mike in Virginia. How are y'all doing today? <laughs> good. Before I start, I just want to say that the mugs are given today. Y'all are beautiful. I'm loving it. I'm loving it. I'm Thank loving you. it. I'm perfect. Okay, so I'm in a bit of a situation. So I have been dating these two guys, and unfortunately, one has found out about the other. And now he's making me choose between the two. So I need a little bit of advice from y'all. Like, I don't know whether I should choose one or don't choose one at all. Can I, can I hop in on this one? Go for it. Maybe you all go out and have coffee together. And maybe, you know, maybe you all can be together. Maybe they, maybe they wouldn't be upset about that. Or maybe they would. I think transparency is key. Mm. Being honest is key. And be as loving as you can. What do you think, Paris? <laughs> this is a tricky one because my, my solution for this is uh, not the easiest. I would try and take the approach of doing the least harmful thing. And if that means not having either of them, then take the route of least harm and open communication, see what, see what they want. Yeah. Even if it means you don't get what you want and not putting your needs in there, in the mix and make amends for whatever wrong that was done. Okay, okay. I can I can go with both of those. I can go with both of those. Does that but sound doable? Does that sound I can take I can I can pull you know, I can <laughs> take and pull from both directions. I wanna make something work that's gonna do the least amount of harm. Good luck. Best of luck. Thank We're you. We're rooting Thanks. for you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Up next we have Nina from New Jersey. Hi, Willow. Hi, Paris. My question actually has to do with depression. Ever since the pandemic hit, like, you know, it would kind of come in waves, but now it just seems like it's a sad day every single day. How do you turn that pain off and just find that happiness within yourself again? And what drives you to get out of bed? It's a lot easier said than done. So I, I'm going to have to ask you to bear with me. I'm, I'm sure you heard me mention the word radical acceptance, which is a practice I try and work on a lot. Um, the idea that everything happens for a reason and sometimes when I pray, I just ask for the unnecessary pain to be taken away from me. But the pain has made me grow, and then I grow, and I work hard, and I get through it. And then I've got a little, like, lollipop at the end of the, you know, light at the end of the tunnel. Some of the gnarliest things that have happened to me have shaped me. But what gets me out of bed in the morning is wanting to help other people yeah. and music. And some days I feel like your best is going to be better than others. But if you're trying your hardest and doing your best, like, I think, I think you'll be okay. Yeah. Love that. Thank you. I'm about to tear up, to be honest. <laughs> I want to add my little 
Golden nugget. Yeah, my little nugget in there of just being patient with yourself mm. and knowing. That's the hardest for me, Willow. It really know. is. And knowing that so much has happened in the world recently and change is extremely difficult for our nervous systems and our brains to contend with. So I would just say, love on your heart and just hug on yourself and tell yourself that everything <laughs> does pass. And just yeah. like Paris said, when you're genuinely, authentically doing your best, the universe aligns. Mm -hmm. mm. And I really hope that our, that our advice helped, helped you a little bit. Absolutely. I really felt it. Thank, Thank you. you so much. Thank you so much. Next, we have Willow from North Carolina. Hey. Great name. Willow. What do you have for us today, Willow? So I come from a super redneck, super religious family on my dad's side. I'm bisexual. I've been in mixed race relationships. I honestly, I don't even talk to them because of how closed minded they are right now. So how did you talk to your family about your life choices confidently? Some of my family I talk to about it openly. Some of my family I don't. I've reached a point right now where like I have love and respect for my family, their beliefs, their culture, their religion. And if I'm to expect them to set that aside just so I feel accepted, expectations lead to resentments mm. for me. So I try and take the approach that what other people think of me is none of my business. And as long as I'm living a life of, of love and being of service and honesty, then, and I'm not hurting other people, I think, I think I'll be all right, you know? That's beautiful. When I'm really trying to hit the depths with someone, like when I'm really trying to like get them to really see my perspective, I always try to be as vulnerable as possible and even preface it with like, I'm really afraid of how you're going to react right now. Like, I, I know you're my family and I know that you love me and I love you, but I just, I just need you to like be here for me right now for just a, while I'm saying this to you. And we can, you know, have our moment apart afterwards and then we can come back together and you can tell me how you feel and we can talk about that. But I just really need this time to like, pour out my heart to you and be honest to you right now. Okay, I like that. I like that a lot, actually. I think I'm gonna try that one. Thank Thanks, you, Willow. Willow. <laughs> Willow to Willow, haha. <laughs> okay, I want to play a little game. Okay. You say the first thoughts that come to your mind when I, when I say a word. Okay. Okay. Future. Bright. Mm. Love. God. Mm. Life. Death. Mmm. Uh, luxury. Temporary. Faith. Everything. Hate. Necessary. Ooh. <laughs> I said, ooh, no, I'm feeling these right now. Failure. Lesson. Mmm. Food. Addictive. Yes. Oh my goodness. Sex. Sometimes sacred, sometimes not. Well, damn. Yeah. There it sometimes. is. <laughs> do I get to do that with you? Of course. Of course. Cool. Um, beauty. Subjective. Uh, media. Deceitful. Ooh. True. <laughs> Love. 
absolute truth. Sex. I'm just thinking of the ocean, like just ocean. Cool. Girl. Crush. Cute. <laughs> I like this game. It's a great game. I feel like I'm learning a lot about myself. Mm -hmm. I feel like that's a cool game to play on like a first date. Yes. Like to kind of just lay the land of their subconscious. Mm -hmm. I also want to talk about all your tats. I've always just thought you honestly inspired me because I was so scared oh, no, for a long don't time. Don't say that. You, we both have the seed, seed of life. Oh and my we, goodness. We both have Metatron's cube. Yes. Look at us with our sacred geometry. I know, right? Dr. Wu did this one. He did this one. Oh, wow. And then um, I'm going to add on to it. I'm going to do uh, the Viking compass wheel yes. here. This is fire. I love the color. I want to get colors on mine. Do it. One day. You need to tap me with your kit. With your kit. I have with a your gun. gun. And I also am going to get a stick and poke kit, but I have like a machine. Oh, my goodness. So, Next thing you know, they're going to be like, Paris Jackson is I'm now like, Willow's sole tattoo dude, artist. I'm like pretty decent, too. I'm not, I'm not too bad. <laughs> These are the ones that you did. Yeah. Oh my yeah, god, this does. one is so one, I'm good. very proud of that one. The others are a little janky. I'm super proud of that one. You have to tap me. You have to tap me one yeah, day. Whatever. It's, we're wrapping up. Cool. But I heard you like to take stuff, little keepsakes from the I sets do. that you visited. I do. I still, I still props. Yes. Give us some examples I of things. I took embalming fluid off of the last set. <laughs> With permission. I asked the director and I asked the, the props guy. When I was on the set for the music video in Ohio, we found bones out in the woods. So I, I took... Uh, there was a rib and then there was a bone that was this big. It's in my bedroom at home. And, oh. Yeah. I like taking little keepsakes and little... I'm not sure if what we're going to give you is going to be as cool as a bone, but we it's have... Cool. It's cool. I'm a hoarder. Anything will do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. I do my name on it. Yes. Yes. That's amazing. Thank you. You have your own personal Red Table Talk customized... Thank you. ...tea. Thank you. Oh. Just thank you. Yeah. Like, you're amazing. Likewise. Like, I just love you. I feel like it's been, it's, been a, it's been a drastic evolution from when we first met and then just the ups and downs. I feel like you've really, you've just done a beautiful job with yourself. And I think, I think that's really inspiring. Thank you. Likewise. Until next time when you're tatting up my legs. Yes. <laughs> or if you ever need backup vocals on a song. Yes, please. Oh, speaking of that, we should do that. I'm down. What are you doing after this? Nothing. Should we just go to the studio? Let's do it. Awesome. I'm so excited for this. <laughs> Red Table Talk family and become a part of the conversation, follow us at facebook.com slash redtabletalk. Thanks for listening to this episode of Red Table Talk podcast, produced by Facebook Watch, Westbrook Audio, and iHeartRadio. 
Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. I'm excited to announce a new season of my podcast, Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. Our guests this season show us big risk can yield big rewards. Like Rob Riley, the creative head of one of the world's leading advertising firms. I try to create environments where anybody can say anything without any judgment. Listen to a brand new season of Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast, and I had the opportunity to talk to one of Hollywood's major icons, Michael B. Jordan. In our conversation, Michael shares the highs, the lows, and everything in between, offering a genuine glimpse into his world. The closest to getting what you want is always the hardest. People give up right before they get what they've always wanted to get. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 